The Download with DP, a weekly podcast talking about high school and college sports right here in Central Illinois. I'll discuss what I saw in the past week, what's coming up on Channel 1450, and what we're looking forward to. Episode 14 is here of Season 2, and we've got a heavy college football podcast this week. That starts with the Andrew Harvey of Country Financials, Six Minutes with Sauce. Let's talk to Ole Miss senior Nick Broker. All right, we'd like to welcome back Nick Broker for Six Minutes with Sauce, brought to you by Andrew Harvey of Country Financial. Nick, this is uh, six minutes that we catch up with you every two weeks now. Um, and last week we missed a big one. First of all, got to say congratulations on being the SEC Lineman of the Week last week. What What exactly does that mean and what does that entail for you? Yeah, I mean, it, it's obviously a really cool honor to receive. Uh, you know, it's obviously something you kind of strive for on a weekly basis as, as far as an individual, individual uh, awards go. But you know, I think the main thing with winning an award like that is you got to win the game. And we did that, and we played really well as a team. So it was really, uh, you know, a lot of that goes to them. Do you have any idea how the voting goes for that or how that comes about? I do not, actually. I think they have, like, a... I don't know if panel is quite the right word, but they have like a group of judges that kind of do it, like at the SEC league office, maybe. I think, I really don't know how it works, so I might just be making that up. <laughs> That's okay. So when that does happen, um, what? how do you get notified, or how does that kind of come about? Uh, I find out on Twitter. Yeah. Everybody else. <laughs> So when that does happen, what is it, like you said, what does it kind of mean to you? Obviously, it's it's a team award when you talk about the linemen, but what maybe did they see in that game that gave you that award? Yeah, you know, I thought I played a good game, and I thought I played well. Uh, we ran the ball really well as a team, too. Um, that definitely helps. I, th- I think we had carried the final total, but uh, when we were done after the third quarter, I think we had like 330 yards maybe rushing. Yeah. So when that does happen, um, does it kind of, you know, make it, I want to say solidify the spot for you to say, you know, hey, I'm, I'm feeling pretty comfortable at this guard position now? Yeah, definitely. I think it was a big confidence boost for me that, you know, that is, that is a really good spot for me to be playing at and that I can still play that at a high level. Now you have a win like that where, like you said, you guys just kind of ran all over them. Um, what does that do for the team's confidence? Is like you guys keep just kind of packing up those wins. Um, obviously, the one this week didn't come as easy, but you guys are still undefeated at this point. Yeah, I mean, can't really complain too much about being four and zero, but we know we have a lot of things to clean up still, and a lot of ways we can still get better. And I think you know, on the other side of that, it's really cool to see that we we still are four and zero, but we we still feel like our best football is ahead of us. Last time we talked, you were getting ready to go on the first road trip of the year. Um, what's what's kind of different about that, and what what do you learn now that you're kind of the veteran senior leader of the team? What do you kind of have to do as the leader when you guys do go on road trips? Yeah, I mean, uh, I feel like the first thing is you kind of have like a routine and things like that. You know, the, the mission's still the same. I mean, we're still here to win a game. We're not here to just fly and go to Atlanta and just hang out. You know, we still have a game to win. Um, you know, it can kind of be tricky for at first because you're so caught up. I'm like, oh, wow, like, we're flying. Like, I've never flown to a game before. Like, <laughs> this is really cool. Like, I've never been on the road before. You know, you don't really think about having some of the things in your in your way. You know, having, you know, as many Ole Miss fans maybe there perhaps. You know, you're, you're kind of in a, in a different environment. So, um, you know, you kind of just try to weed out those little things and just focus on the task at hand, which is winning the game. 
And then that being said, there's no place like home. What What is kind of the difference for you in terms of, you know, just how comfortable you are on game day? Yeah, I mean, we get to sleep in a little bit. I mean, we're, we stay at a, a hotel right on campus, so was, we don't really have to, like, travel too far to get to the game. Um, you know, we are, we've been there, so, like, you know, for a while now, so we're very comfortable there, and we have like, a very set routine of how we're, our Fridays are going to go and how our Saturdays are going to roll, depending on the, how the game how the game goes. Now, that being said, as we look ahead to October 1st, this Saturday, a pretty big matchup in Oxford. What What is kind of the difference when it's a bigger game like this? Uh, you know, you try to treat every game the same. So as far as, like, preparation goes, it's still the same. We'll have a really good week of practice and everything. But, I mean, there's definitely a little bit more adrenaline rolling in. Anytime you get the conference play and anytime you play a top-10 team like Kentucky and a really good team like that, you know, you you got to focus up more on some of those little things, those little details. Uh, we will get to this later in this podcast, but I actually had on um, Tristan Tavis from Northern Illinois, and he's, he's he scored two touchdowns last week against Kentucky. So kind of just a cool connection here in terms of, you know, Central Illinois guys really thriving at, at the D1 level. How cool is that to see? Yeah, that's awesome. I didn't even know that. So that's really cool to hear that. Uh, he did that, especially on like a big stage like that, playing at uh, Kentucky. Um, as we look at this matchup, what are your guys' keys to beating Kentucky? Yeah, I think we just got to stay and play our game, you know. Um, just kind of do what we do. Um, it's kind of established the run. I think that's kind of been our thing. You know, we're really excited about our running backs and how those things work. So, you know, we got to do what we got to do and protect our home field. When it comes to what you guys wear this week, I saw the new reveal of the Real Tree custom helmets. Um, just kind of add some fun to things. And, you know, when it comes to Mississippi, you guys aren't afraid of a little swag. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> we're we're going to have some really cool uniforms. We're always going to have the cool uniforms, the cool helmets, all that stuff. That's just kind of what we do. That's just kind of what um, what we're a part of now. So those helmets turned out really nice. As we look at the schedule now, you guys are 4-0. Last week you play a kind of a closer game, I think it's fair to say, um, where you have to play the whole game. How much is that going to help you now that you really get into the meat of the schedule where you're playing some ranked teams here? Yeah, I thought from that perspective it was really you know, good for us to kind of get a full four quarters in and kind of have to deal with some of the, the stress of you know being in a close game and how the mind operates and how you have to think from a football uh, you know management situation you know as far as you know being a strategic strategic with the game last one and we'll get you out of here we won't talk to you next tuesday but next week is glenwood shg week what does that kind of week bring to the former cyclones that you remember yeah i mean playing that game was always a really big deal because it's such a big rivalry and someone like growing up you know going to shg games was one you really look forward to and we coached leonard's last one so uh be a big one for sure so i'm excited to kind of follow that one all right man we'll be watching on saturday i think it's at 11 o'clock early game right yep super thank you and uh we'll all be watching good luck awesome thank you special thanks to nick for taking the time and to andrew harvey of country financial for sponsoring our six minutes with sauce every other week on the podcast this fall now before we get to our conversation with northern illinois tight end and pleasant plains graduate tristan tavis let's talk about what i saw last week and what's coming up on channel 1450 First, what did I see? City Volleyball Championship last Thursday. Springfield High beat Sacred Heart Griffin in exciting fashion. The Senators win City for the first time since 2014, and I'm so happy for Bill Sturm, Bailey Sands, and that staff. The Beckers 
are a serious problem, and Springfield High is going to be a tough out in 3A. They're also still in the conversation for the conference title if someone can clip you high, which Rochester is hoping to do next Tuesday, but we'll get to that in a bit. On Friday, I was in Rochester for the big matchup between Glenwood and the Rockets. The rain dampened things a bit, as did the Titans not having Glashke Blaze or a fully healthy Tyson Randall. Rochester was able to run the ball well with Keaton Reese and Ian Lichtenberger and made the big throws that they needed. Tyson Binion and the Rochester defense made life rough for Jack Knudsen. On special teams, the Rockets got the big play that changed the game, and that was basically the difference. Rochester moves to 4-1 and one, and I think proves to the rest of the state that nobody is going to want to play this young team that's figuring things out when we get into the playoffs. On Saturday, I got to see some really good volleyball in Rochester. Metamora is ranked in 3A, QND is ranked in 2A, and everybody won a game. Rochester beats QND in exciting fashion, beating the Raiders in three sets, handing QND just their second loss of the year. I mainly wanted to see what Pleasant Plains will have to face on their way to a return trip to state if QND plays them again last year. That super sectional game was one for the ages. I would be remiss if I didn't talk about what happened Saturday night in Riverton, so here goes. Here's what I know. Jaden Wiesenmeyer was returning to action for the first time since he was in concussion protocol and missed a few games. He went to the sideline in the second quarter on Saturday night in Riverton and collapsed and was unresponsive. The trainers did CPR on him while they waited for an ambulance and he was taken to the hospital. He had surgery on his brain and it was successful as they were able to stop the bleeding on his brain. They then decided it was best for him to be placed in a medically induced coma to help him and his brain heal. Jaden is an exceptional athlete and an absolute fighter. I pray for him, for his mom, his family, his coach, his teammates, and the Pleasant Plains community as a whole. This is a tough situation, and the best way to get through it is to be there for each other. We will talk more about this with Tristan in a little bit. Let's get to what I saw on Monday. That was Pleasant Plains pushing through to beat Athens in the Sagamon County Volleyball Championship. Lutheran beats Williamsville for third place. All those games were in Pawnee. Now, how about Tuesday? SHG Soccer stays unbeaten in conference action with a big win over UHI, and UHI Volleyball stays unbeaten in conference action with the win over SHG. But I will give some props to the SHG Volleyball team. They looked improved from earlier in the season, and I'm impressed with what they can do. They will be fun to see what happens here in the future. UHI is on another level, though, with the Snow Sisters, Caroline Leak, Rachel O'Gunley, and of course, Illini-bound Lily Berry. They are a contender for a trip across the parking lot to Redbird for State in 3A. Also, shout out to Williamsville Volleyball on Tuesday for beating Pleasant Plains and staying unbeaten in conference play. A big time win for the Bullets and Coach Beard. Now, let's talk about what's coming up on Channel 1450 in the next seven days. Today is Thursday, and I have a wedding rehearsal for two of my very good friends, Tyler and future Kirby Scanlon. Robert and Leanna will be out at volleyball games in the Sagamo tonight, though. Robert will have Porta at Pleasant Plains, and Leanna will have Monroe Forsyth at Auburn. On Friday evening, it's week six of the high school football season. It's a weird week with not a lot of great games, I guess you could say, unlike next week, so prepare accordingly. I will be in normal on Friday night for SHG vs. UHI. Robert will be in Monroe Forsyth for Olympia versus the Trojans. Leanna will be in Chatham for Lanfear vs. Glenwood. And we will have a camera at Springfield High taking on MacArthur and Decatur and another camera at Rochester at Southeast. On Saturday, I'm out with the wedding, so that's that. On Sunday, it's my son Mason's first birthday party, actual birthday on Saturday. So looking forward to that. A lot of fun. Happy birthday, Mason. On Monday, Robert will be at some tennis. I will be getting some preview stuff for next Friday's games, which include SHG vs. Glenwood and Monroe Forsyth vs. Williamsville. On Tuesday, it's a big day in the CS8 in the Sagamo. We're getting toward the end here. 
Rochester is at UHI for soccer and for volleyball, so Robert will be there for those. That's a huge matchup for volleyball. Rochester, UHI, going to be a good one. I will be at SHG at Glenwood Soccer, the final two unbeatens in conference action meeting in Chatham. Leanna will be at Williamsville at Porta Volleyball most likely on Tuesday. Nothing much next Wednesday. That's open. Next Thursday, we'll have some more Sagamo Volleyball and possibly SHG at Lehigh Volleyball. That's it for the breakdown of what's coming up on Channel 1450. Make sure you go check out the mic'd ups on the premium side for SHG's Ty Lott and Morel Forsythe's Aiden Reiser. Now, let's get to this week's guest. It is Tristan Tavis, fresh off his first two college touchdowns at none other than number seven ranked Kentucky last weekend. Let's get right to it. Here's Tristan. All right, I'd like to welcome in Tristan Tavis to the podcast this week because not only did he have a big week last week, but it's been a while since we've caught up, so I thought it'd be a good time. Uh, first of all, how was the trip to Kentucky for you? Oh, uh, it was fun. Um, it was a short flight, got there, um, able to have a little time to kind of hang out at the hotel before the game, and it was a, just a good time. When you go into a game like that, knowing the opponent that you're facing, what's the what's the week of prep like for you guys? Um, for us, it doesn't really change. So we like to keep the same, just physicality, um, keep it ramped up throughout practice the whole week, treat everybody kind of the same. It's kind of hard to treat Kentucky the same as everybody else, so I think there is a little more, um, little more anticipation in the air, I think you could say. Um, but... Um, I think just everything that we did was just kind of trying to stay consistent to what we are. And I think, I mean, you guys would be, say that as you went down there, you knew that you were going to be able to compete. What was kind of the game plan knowing, okay, we're we're here to, to pull off this upset that some would say is an upset because they're ranked so high? Yeah, so game plan really was like um, just go out there, be physical, try to dominate the run game like we always try to do every game. And then if we can kind of spread it out a little bit, then that's what we're going to do. Um, we're trying to go a little bit of a, a bigger personnel with a, um, a, a lineman in as one of our bigger tight ends and then spread the field out a little bit that way. Um, had to change it up in the, little bit, in the second half a little bit just due to um, some injuries that we had, but that's kind of how we were looking at it. So going in with the game plan... Did you know that you would have an opportunity to score a few touchdowns? Um, I knew the plays were in, and they were in. They've been in for a couple weeks. Um, fortunately for me, two of uh, two of the <laughs> plays that uh, that were to me got called at those critical situations, and I was able to come down with the ball. So, when you break the huddle, knowing that you are about to get the ball, what goes through your head as you go to the line? Knowing, I mean, this is this is a huge opportunity for you. Um, just really, uh, just focusing on doing my job as well as I can. So, um, on my first one, I had I just had to basically it was just a simple arrow route um, and just trying to get out to the flat as quick as possible, um, get my head around, um, and just being in the end zone because it was a it was a three yard it was like a three yard pass, so I had to wanted to be in the end zone. I didn't want to get tackled on the one-yard line. Um, and then my second one, um, just thinking about just job assignments, trying to sell, 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 run, and then kind of go out to the flat for a uh, late pass. As you see the ball start to leave his hand, does, does time go a little slower or does it speed up for you? I think it, I think it's a little slow motion. You kind of, it slows down a little bit in the instance that you're 
focusing solely on that ball, trying to, you're like, you're, you're in the end zone, you're like, I can't drop this, but no, it, I think it slows down a little bit, yeah. And when you make the catch, what goes through your head as you say, man, I just scored against Kentucky? Uh, the first time, uh, the first time uh, you can see that I kind of, I, I, I had tapped my wrist and pointed to the sky, I kind of just wanted to symbolize pointing to the wristband I always wear for my dad. Because uh, it was the first time I scored in the end zone uh, in college, um, and then the second time it was just kind of—it uh, was almost a surreal moment. Uh, my uh, buddy Liam came up to me uh, in the end zone, and we just kind of waved to the camera. Kind of one of those just, <laughs> just crazy feelings. Um, you mentioned it, but being at Kentucky, it's—it's it's not a far flight. Uh, that means it's—it's it's good for your family to be able to to be there what what was that experience like when you see them after the game knowing um, like you said this is your first college touchdown and that's about as big of a stage as you can get yeah i know i got a bunch of videos from them uh it was really crazy they were uh they're all super happy um they said they were up in the stands crying a little bit when it happened <laughs> um but no just being able to kind of just see them at a uh, game this big when i had some um just kind of played well was just really supportive for me what time do you actually get to go to bed on saturday night uh well it was more sunday morning yeah <laughs> uh, we got back around uh i think it was maybe 2 two thirty in the morning so it wasn't the worst time i've ever gotten back but it definitely was late or i guess you could say early yeah um how does how does the body feel right now for you? I know you you experienced some injuries, so give us a kind of update on how this season has gone for you. Um, so um, as you mentioned, I had some injuries at the beginning, so I had a little bit of a hamstring issue going into the beginning of the season. Uh, great rehab staff, great training staff. I mean, um, so just rehabbed, um, and I'm feeling I'm feeling great right now. Body's good. Um, hopefully won't have to deal with another injury throughout the season, but it's a long season. So I just keep rehabbing, trying to just feel my best. After the season that you guys had last year, um, it's fair to say that you put, put the team on the map to say, you know, we're not a pushover. We're not a walkover. Um, and then you look at this year's schedule. What is it like for you guys knowing, I mean, you're playing against the best teams in the country before you even get to your conference schedule. Yeah, I think it just, um, I think it helps build a little bit of that confidence in our team. I know we are, our record maybe doesn't show that right now. We're one of three, but if you look at the three teams that we've lost to, they're, they're really good, solid teams, you know. We had Tulsa, um, we, and then just this past game, uh, Kentucky, um, just, just really solid teams and, and even Vanderbilt, while they may, we had a chance there as well to go win the game and just um, just kind of pull it out at the end. But I think it gives us confidence that we are able to compete at just such a high level. For for those who you know follow you or, or don't quite know, um, last time I believe we sat down and talked, you know, on channel fourteen fifty. Anyway, um, it was just the opportunity for you to where you started as a walk on at Northern and you got the scholarship opportunity. Um, now that we've been a few years since then, what is that kind of like knowing, I mean, now you're, you're that type of player in college at Northern? Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, uh, it's just kind of one of those dream come true kind of moments. Um, 
just kind of um, always kind of bet on yourself kind of mentality. Coming into college, I kind of had that. Um, I wanted to get a scholarship within one year of being here, and I accomplished that. And just goals, so on and so forth, about being a role player in this offense and being one of the one of the guys that they can count on is um, just something that I keep trying to hold myself to every day. So as you develop in that role and kind of understand what you know is expected of you, um, like you said, you, you made it the goal to, to earn that scholarship. And now did you think at that time when you started to walk on and, and say, okay, this is where I want to be, I mean, did you think at this point in your career that you'd be catching touchdowns against Kentucky? Um, I, I, I would have hoped so. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's just, it's just kind of crazy. Like, um, there's, there's guys in front of me that um, are really good players, and there's guys below me that are really good players. But uh, just being able to be at this, just being able to have the opportunities that I've had is just a blessing. What would you say is the biggest thing outside of, you know, just that, that hard work that you've learned about, you know, accepting your role and understanding what it takes to be a team player on this team? Um, I think it, uh, something that I've learned really is just preparation uh, for the games. So um, we have a lot of older guys here um, that have really just showed – everybody how to kind of prepare yourself for a game whether that's going in watching film for I don't know if you don't have if you don't have something going on watching an extra film for maybe in 30 minutes to an hour um, just kind of finding uh, what we call our edge every every time or every day what what is the biggest thing that you've learned about watching film from high school to college that you could kind of maybe give advice to or say you know this is the biggest difference? Yeah, so in high school, um, to be honest with you, didn't watch film a whole lot. <laughs> um, yeah, you were watching you you watched film a lot in high school, maybe to uh, um, just kind of watch your highlights, make yeah. your little huddle <laughs> highlight tape, try to get a try to get a little bit um, of popularity. <laughs> uh, but definitely in college, it's just watching um, the tendencies that the guy that you're going to line up against. Um, how they're I, in my case, how their defense is, what kind of what they do in different looks. Um, so just kind of watching watching the players that you're going up against is definitely a big deal. Um, along with just um, kind of knowing how they run their defense. Why did you see tight end as the spot that you could fit in the most at? So I came in as a tight end, obviously, and. Um, you were a pretty I, good linebacker in high school too. I'll just put that out there. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I, I, for a little bit of time period over the COVID season, I did get moved to uh, I get I did get moved to linebacker just because of a little bit um, of personnel shortages. Yeah, and I was doing pretty well there, but they ultimately saw that I think that I was a um, just better tight end than I was a linebacker for college, just because. Um, I'm, I'm, I, I would say I'm pretty physical. I can um, run block and do all that stuff. And um, I've been, while gaining all the, a lot of weight, I've been able to keep a, a good amount of athleticism with me. So being able to kind of run and cut a little bit of routes um, is kind of like, kind of where I see myself for this tight end position. 
what is your diet like now compared to what it was in high school? How much how much do they kind of regulate it or how much do they help you with that? So um, for guys like me where I'm already at the goal weight that I need to be at, I don't need to lose any weight. I don't really need to gain any as of right now. Um, it's kind of on me to maintain it. So, I mean, you eat your, your regular kind of stuff. You're... Um, I don't know, your, your maybe air fried meals here and there, your chicken breast here and there, get some homemade meals for mom when she comes up here, which is always, which is always nice. Um, but high school, um, for me, as I was growing, it was just kind of EDD, whatever you really, you really have in front of you. Yeah. Um, so now it's kind of, you don't want to be over my goal weight. You don't want to be below my goal weight. So it's just kind of maintaining. You talked about how, you know, your family was there and they were sending you videos. What's it like as an experience to see, you know, after you get done with the game, you get to the locker room, you open your phone, and you see pictures of, that people send you of you on ESPN. What is that feeling kind of like? Um, it's, it's a cool feeling because it's like, um, it's almost to that feeling where you're like, oh, God, I'm kind of, I'm kind of famous in <laughs> a little kind of ways. But, I mean, it's cool that there's a lot of people that still follow me, that still um, – keep up with me from um, Pleasant Plains and even some of the surrounding areas. Um, just being able to kind of connect with my friends from that way. Um, it's just a, it's really cool kind of blessing. Right. When when I first started Channel 1450, to, to have a kid from the Sagamo make it at the D1 level was pretty much unheard of. I mean, you, there was a few cases, but now... Now it's like there's at least one or two a year that are that are sniffing that, and you know, um, North Mac's not in the conference anymore, but Cooper Starks is headed to Vanderbilt next yeah. year. Yeah, um, that opportunity is there. How much do you see, you know, just the the quality of football at the small school level growing? I think I honestly I feel like the quality's just always been there. Yeah. It's more about getting kind of your name out of there. You have your you have a lot of college coaches kind of going to these areas where that kind of produce your your main like your main kind of athletes um and then areas in the small central illinois area or even other states those just so small towns it's kind of hard to find because um either kids don't know how to put their names out there or um there's nobody to kind of stick their neck out for for you Fortunately for me, um, Coach Leonard from SHG helped me out with that. Coach Hamilton was involved with it as well. Um, they kind of just, um, while I wasn't the biggest recruit out of high school, um, they stuck they stuck their necks out there for me and um, got me an opportunity that I couldn't have turned down. More and more these days in sports, it's you know if you want to play football in college, you have to just play football, or if you want to play baseball, you and as if people don't know who you are, you were a, a three-sport standout at least. Um, yeah. What what advice would you give a kid who wants to play college football to say, you know, you don't just have to play football? I, I mean, we were uh, NIU. We recruit a lot of football and track guys. Um, our bigger guys do wrestling. Um, I'd say that it just. I feel like it makes you a more complete athlete, and it. Um, kind of limits your injuries um your more uh severe injuries um just being a more complete athlete and all of that and i mean it's i feel like for me it was it was high school it's 
I have four years to have a good time. I have four years to kind of just um, do what I wanted to do in the aspect of I will never get to play. I will never get to run track again unless I did it in college or I would never get to play basketball again unless obviously I did it in college. Um, so I feel like as a, as a kid in high school, I feel, I say, yes, go out for all these, all the sports that you would want to. Um, but, um, I feel like it just kind of makes you just that more complete athlete. Um, not only, you know, getting the experience of playing those different sports, but if you if you truly do want to be a college athlete and you, you end up getting that opportunity, how much does um, learning how to manage your time and play different sports and do different things help? Because, like, I, I know you can attest to, when you get to college, it's more than a full-time job to just play football, let alone um, get your studies done and do everything else that you need to do. Yeah, so um, I think your question was, like, uh, how does – the sports in high school help with uh, time management yeah. in college. Yeah. So also, yeah. So just being able to being kind of like the year round athlete in high school also, it, it's a big, it's a big help because you're always having to, you have practices mo- most of the time right after school and you have to go home while your friends are maybe playing uh, the game like Xbox or something like that. You're going to have to, you, you really have to find time to kind of just sit down, relax, do your studies, figure it out, um, and then maybe maybe sit aside sometime at the end of the day, um, like an hour or so, to kind of just finally be able to do what you want to do. But it's definitely a big commitment, no matter no matter what sport you're playing, because all the, in high school, actually, I mean, not even high school, but both. You have to you have to stay eligible, and that's the name of the game. We've talked a lot about what you've done on the football field. What? Uh, how are your studies going? What are you studying at Northern, and how is how is your degree coming along? Um, so I'm going to be graduating this semester with my undergrad in environmental studies with an emphasis in policy. Awesome. Uh, kind of what I wanted to do with that was be a conservation officer or game warden. Yeah. Uh, I will see where that goes. I have a couple more years left, so I'm I need to I'm kind of getting pushed to figure out what else I need, what I want to study. Yeah. Maybe go into the business world a little bit. We'll see what happens. But um, just with going back to the time management part, um, it's just helped me out a lot because coming into college, I've excelled a lot. Um, being able to, I'm probably I'll graduate with a three nine. And it's just helped me a lot just with the time management, just trying to figure out, hey, when do I need to do this? When I need to do this? When do I need to do this? And just getting it all done by the end of the day. That's awesome, man. Congratulations on the 3-9. That's, that's incredible. And uh, I know I, some people will say, oh, you're a football player, so you don't have to go to class. That's definitely not the case. I think definitely. you can attest to that. <laughs> no, no. Coach Hammock, Coach Hammock has uh, a bunch of our interns and graduate assistants come check on. Uh, a lot of the players that make sure they're going to class, and if not, you're going to be you're going to be held accountable for that. Um, he wants you to come to school to get your degree because football can only take you so far. And once you're done with football, he said, once you're done with football, he always wants you to be able to come back to that degree, no matter if you play after college. What What do you think the the ceiling is for this year's team for you guys? What are you guys tr- hoping to accomplish, and what do you think you can accomplish? 
Um, I don't think there. I don't think there is a limit. I, you know, I think if we if we keep coming together like we have been each each and every week, and just preparing like we have each and every week, just um, to be dominant football players, I think we will be able to just continue to be one and zero every week uh, as one of our mentalities. Just go in every week, get the job that needs to be done, and. We're we're looking to be the uh, we're looking to back up our title. We're looking to go back and be those match champions again. And I know on our main goal sheet, it's to um, it's to go in and finally get um, a bowl win. I don't think we've had one of those in a a good a, long, a good amount of time. And it's just a, it would be a great experience for our team to uh, get another one of those. Uh, you talked about how you will graduate after this semester. How many? years of eligibility do you have left to play football because god willing you know no injuries or anything um what is that what is that opportunity laid out for you so after this semester i'm going to have two years left um and i'm just going to have to kind of figure out what i want to do coach hammock has said that um he want he he would love to have me here and i think that's that's i i don't plan on really going anywhere i think i need to figure out what my next degree is going to be. Um, <laughs> That's a good problem to have. That's a good problem yeah, to have. I need, I need to figure out what, if I'm going to go back and do another undergrad or if I'm going to, I know people are pushing me to kind of get my master's, but I guess we'll see what happens. Um, I have to talk about it because it's it's heavy on the, the community here for Plains. What what was your relationship like with Jaden and, and what, um, you know, as a track person, I'm sure, and as a football person, you know, just can you tell me a little bit about your relationship with him? Yeah, so he was just always like that uh, that almost goofy kid. Um, he was just, he, he's a great athlete, um, but he was um, almost, I guess you could almost kind of compare him to a, like, Keegan Halford that was in my class. Yeah. Uh, just kind of a goofball but when it came down to it he was always locked into what he needed to do um just just a sad story um i don't know too many of the details i've just been seeing bits and parts of it through um my mom who's back home and then through um some of the twitter posts that's being made um so just just a tough situation yeah, I mean, as you know, football is a is an awful violent sport. Um, but to have the opportunity for him to play, and you know, obviously, I think he'd say too that track is definitely his number one sport. Um, but to have the opportunity, like we talked about earlier, to play multiple sports, um, it's something that you, you can't take for granted, no matter what the situation yeah, is. No, definitely, definitely not. It's just one of those things. You never know what's going to be. You don't know when it's going to be your last, um, your last snap kind of thing. You don't know when it's going to be your last race. You don't know when it's when you're going to, I don't know, score score a basket your last time. You know, it's just one of those things that you always have to just soak in every day. Final thing for you, um, the Pleasant Plains community dealing with this and just kind of you know showing their support for him and his family and the team and the community. Um, you obviously understand the value of the community, especially yeah. Cardinals, yeah. And, and how much, you know, not only do they care about everybody, but what they're willing to do for everybody. Um, what would you say in terms of advice for, you know, the student athletes who are, are going through a hard time right now, mm-hmm. but just to say, you know, hey, you're not alone and, and people are there to help you? Yeah, I mean, it's just when I was going through all my stuff, I had a, I had a great friend group that kind of, 
I kind of shut myself down um, in my house for, I don't know, maybe five days a week, whatever it was, whatever that time frame was, can't even, I don't really even remember it, but I just had that great friend group that um, just always was there. They took me out of the house. They went and did things with me, just kind of brought you up. Um, Coach Walworth um, was also a big supporter, um, kind of just, hey, you need to, I know it doesn't seem like it now, but getting back on that field is just something that is going to help you no matter what. Um, so I'd say just um, coming together, being great friends to one another is just one of the biggest things you can have, just supporting each other. Um, you never know how much it means to someone. I appreciate your time, man, and, and thank you so much for, for jumping on today. Um, we're definitely going to keep track of you and, and keep watching because uh, I think I think you'll agree, too, that this is just the start of hopefully something special for you as, as a football career. Yes, definitely, definitely. Awesome. Thanks for your time, man. I appreciate it. Great being on. Thank you. Huge thank you to Tristan for taking the time and the great conversation. Awesome to catch up with him, and it's always great to dive into kind of the ins and outs of college football with a kid that smart. That's it for this week. Thanks for listening. I will see you next week.